our app. He's the host with the most. And this is The Saturday Show with Edward Hayden. Now, there she is, the doll that is Angela Joyce Stewart. Rash, Arish, Arahin, Thig, again. Angela, well, I was telling you about Ashling, and I must tell you, Angela's in a little black frock with a bit of safari at the top of it there uh, today as well. So it's all a black day inside in the newsroom. Good morning, anyway. You're very welcome. Edward Hayton here with you. 0833069696. Our dinner's ready.ie contact line. As I said at the start, apologies. My voice is, um, I think, heading off for a little break for itself. Uh, but it often happens at this time of the year. So, Tobrone Urim. Kay has been on to us and she sent us a gorgeous Christmas greeting as she often uh, sends us a thoughtful piece. And she says, During this Christmas season, may you be blessed with the spirit of the season, which is peace, the gladness of the season, which is hope, and the heart of the season, which is love. Somehow, not only for Christmas, but all the long year through, the joy that you give to others is the joy that comes back to you. And the more you spend in blessing the poor and lonely and sad, the more of your heart's possessing returns to you glad. So thank you, uh, Kay. And she says, very happy and healthy Christmas and New Year to us all here at Casey Law. And she thanks us for the entertainment all year. Bridget, the Queen of Mull, Nevada, has been on as well. Happy Saturday. Hope all is good with you, Edward. A honey drink might help your voice, Bridget. Well, Bridget, to hear from you, my little honey, is sufficient enough. Uh, another text here, Edward. Could you wish a very special lady, May Nolan, a happy birthday for today? And that comes in with best wishes from Shelley and Macon. Happy to do so and join my own uh, voice to that as well. Well, also good wishes to our beautiful daughter, Sarah Foley. Happy 18th birthday today. Enjoy your day. Love, ma'am and dad. You would have heard earlier on our own Natalie is getting ready for her big birthday celebration on Monday. So we join our voice to yours uh, to wish her well for her birthday as well. Now, keep the text coming in to us right throughout the morning. But let's head over to our resident gardening expert. Uh, We're joined on the phone by her. And that is the ever wonderful Shirley Lanigan. Shirley, good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Nice to talk to you, Shirley. How are you? I'm grand. I'm grand. I'm. 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 I'm going to get Christmas things done there today. Oh, good woman. Great day for getting sorted out. Will you be doing them indoors or outdoors, Shirley? A bit of both. Outdoors is just oh, it's an awful mess out there. I might do something out front because people walk walk past the front gate. At least it will look like something slightly respectable. Absolutely. Well, you Maybe. have to put on one of your festive berets and head out for the day. Uh, you're, you're going to give me the day off. I'm going to give you the day off, Shirley. Absolutely. Hit the town. Don't worry about the garden. Hit the town. Go in and get a lovely latte for yourself and relax. Oh, that would be nice, yeah. Sit in a coffee shop and make a list of all you have to do. (laughs) Well, that's very cheesy now. That's very cheesy. Much more pleasant than doing it. Come here till I tell you, we had a question last week. We were out and about last week, so we did have a question uh, that came in. I'm not sure whether it was from uh, uh, Governor O'Lunacy or what, but the text said um, about the pear tree they still uh, have a pear tree in bloom. Should they still be in bloom? It, oh, wow. That's, that's not good. Like the pears should have been taken off the tree, up, you know, maybe about a month ago. And uh, the tree should be very dormant and doing absolutely nothing. It's very weird that you would have a pear tree with flower on it at this time of the year. It's, it's, it, I'm seeing it all over the place, though. Uh, coming across things like Wygelia 
flowering, you know, about a week ago I found flowering um, in a friend's garden and it shouldn't flower until, you know, late spring, early summer. The, 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 the climate is just, I don't know. It's not good. And surely an interesting now and perhaps a, a question too big for quarter past ten of a Saturday morning. But you know, all of these kind of gardening repository books that we have that are kind of the gospel according to gardeners from all over the world. I presume within time, they're all going to be not so much obsolete, but inaccurate because they won't be reflective of what's happening with regard to uh, climate changes. Oh, that's a terrible thought. Isn't that's it? Isn't it? But like, do you know the way if a book tells you that your tulips yeah. are supposed to bloom in spring and next minute they're up in November or whatever? Yeah. We'll have to ignore the, anything that's got to do with calendar. Absolutely. So, so follow, the, follow the instructions, but, but pretend that the, 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 the calendar section of the book doesn't exist. So when it's talking about uh, early, early spring or late spring, you know, we'll, be to- we'll know that they're talking about o- October and November <laughs> as opposed to uh, February uh, into March. Oh, it's a terrible thought, Edward. It is a thought. It's a thought for sure. Speaking of books, I know yours are not calendar bound, but uh, we spoke to you a lot during the summer when you were out on your excursions and on your travels and the winter period was for the writing up. How's the writing up going, Shirley? Well, that's the reason that the garden is in chaos <laughs> because I'm stuck to a, a, a laptop and growing, growing to hate it more by the minute. It's, um, it, it's the boss of me, basically. That's where I am at the moment. I'm writing and I'll, I'll be writing until sort of February, March, maybe. Uh, so it's, it's that's 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 my life at the moment. It's a horrible little black black laptop, laptop, <laughs> and, and, and a, a, a sort of a, a look out of the corner of my eye to the window in the garden beyond, causing pain to you, but will bring joy to plenty, Shirley. Oh, well, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) For sure and certain. Uh, Again, of course, I'm sure it gives you a nice little trip down memory lane to remember those kind of uh, uh, West July days that you travelled around Antrim and Tyrone and Longford and Westmeath and Roscommon. It does. And some of the the, the fabulous characters you've met on the way and the gorgeous gardens and the getting lost and down the wrong lane and up the wrong mountain. Uh, yeah, no, it does. It's, 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 that's actually quite pleasant. Every so often I, I'll, I'll put notes in that don't refer particularly to a garden, but something that happened on the day. And, and you know, it was, it was great fun. It's, it's, it's an enjoyable thing to do. I'd recommend it. For sure. And always good to recall. Shirley, I came home from um, work yesterday and on my windowsill was a beautiful card, thank you card, and a lovely um, little cyclamen, which we've spoken about before. And it was absolutely beautiful. And I thought, how lovely uh, for someone to do that, someone kind to send me that. But what I was thinking about then in relation to our conversation, uh, just some maybe last minute tarting up your garden tips you spoke about getting your own front garden but we're going to be having visitors and we're going to have people are going to be calling with the the tins of chocolate Kimberley or calling around for a little uh, a little glass of bubbles and some canapes or whatever are there any kind of you know get out of jail free uh, cards that we can play in our garden just to tart it up if we haven't uh, left it as manicured after the summer as we may have liked there are. I mean, basically, think of the approach to your house. So if you walk through a garden to get to your house, or even if you just have a, 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 a windowsill or um, a, a 
planter outside the front door. There are lots of things that if you go to the garden centre now, you'll be able to find are things like skimmia with the red berries. Looks beautiful at this time of the year. Uh, ivies, always, always lovely. And the variegated ones are bright. And you know you'll find um, little pots of, of sprouting bulbs. Now, they won't be flowering, mm. but if you have a few of those arranged nicely in a, in a uh, if you've got a nice terracotta planter or a window box or something with a bit of moss that you've pulled up from the garden, covering the little pots so that you just see the, 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 the shoots of what will be like flowering bulbs in a few weeks. If you have them, that's enough. That's enough. Just a few little touches. And sure, bring out some of your uh, waterproof decorations and, and, and array them around. If you've got a little, you might have a bay tree in a pot or a, a box outside the front door, you know, like a nice um, clipped box in a pyramid or a ball or something like that grab a little box of the, you know those tiny Christmas lights that are attached onto a battery string them around and stick on the battery put it in a waterproof uh, plastic bag and tuck it in under the plant out of the way so you have you know, just a, a little sort of a, a zing of Christmas outside the front door and the little lights are great aren't they to add a bit it's of really uh, cheer beautiful. yeah Absolutely. And all you need is two AA batteries and, you know, turn them off then uh, in the evening. Or if you're if you're worried that they're waterproof, don't lace them around in such an intricate way that you can't untie them pretty quickly and bring them in. OK. Uh, Shirley, a lot of the kind of the, the Christmas plants, if you like, I'm thinking of things um, that we might be bringing inside first and foremostly. So maybe some foliage, we might be bringing in some eucalyptus or we might be bringing in some yeah. fir or we might be bringing in some lovely ivy or anything like that from our garden, even bay trees, uh, cut bits off of bay trees and whatever. Is there anything that we can do to prevent them from from getting dried out? If we don't have the capacity maybe to kind of leave them in a vase or whatever, is there anything to kind of to keep them as fresh as we can for as long as we can? I'm thinking particularly of eucalyptus because it tires quickly, doesn't it, in heated environments? Put it in some amount of water and every few days clip off... uh, three or four centimetres of stem because that opens up the the, 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 the vessels in the stem to bring up a little more water. That applies for everything cut, you know, flowers, whatever you might decide to bring in. Change the water, put a bit of sugar in the water or if you have any of those, um, you know the way sometimes when you get a a bunch of flowers and there's a little bag of, of, of plant food, if you've got any of those lying around that you didn't choose, throw them into the water. So as I say, every few days, clipping off a few centimetres of the, the, the stem, that generally keeps things going. Stuff like um, ivy and holly and laurel and those sort of things, you'll get the Christmas out of them. They're, you know, they'll, they'll stay green. They won't tire. But uh, anything that does, as I say... And I'm looking water, at add a bit of sugar to the water. I'm looking at a lot of people. Um, you know, people are great, really. But I'm looking at a lot of uh, both domestic houses and businesses this year are kind of doing that kind of archway themselves. They're kind of doing like a natural archway with kind of you know some bits of the Christmas tree and some uh, maybe artificial red berries and some lights as well. And isn't it very effective yes. and very easy? Oh, it's lovely. And you need to get about two weeks out of it. And you will get two weeks out of that sort of foliage. They look beautiful. And they're not all covered in plastic and they're not full of a load of things that you're going to have to bring off to the dump. Mm. You're basically talking uh, bits and pieces that when you're finished, you'll be able to chop them up and put them on the compost heap. 
Uh, or in the case of Holly, let me tell, let me tell you about Holly because Holly, as it dries, gets it gets sharper and, and and nastier. When you're finished after Christmas, you can lie that around the plants that you want to keep cats and and, and, and other nuisances <laughs> away from. It makes it quite unpleasant for them to do their business around your plants. I'm sure it would. I'm sure it would if we were to think out the logic <laughs> of that. Uh, Shirley, are you a real or an artificial tree lady? Oh, a uh, real tree, real tree. I have it. We, we got it last weekend. Now, it's, we couldn't find the proper stand, so it's not standing in water. And I'd say uh, by the time we get as far as Christmas Day, every time we walk past it, a spray of uh, pins will fall from it. But at the moment, it's bearing up well. Yeah, well, listen, I put up ours last weekend as well. I think everyone has a bit earlier said that. I, I got mine in Greg Namana in Ballyogan Trees, but... Um, I said to them, you know, I think everyone is a week earlier. I felt I was certainly a week earlier with with the tree as well. But are there tips that we should be doing? I poured, uh, I had the proper stand. Now I have to brag, but uh, that, 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 that revisits us every Christmas. But I poured a can of Diet 7 up into mine. Because someone told me before that Diet 7 Up, not Diet 7 Up, that 7 Up is great. Diet 7 no. Up for fat Christmas tree. Uh, yeah, again, that's the sugar water thing, isn't it? It probably that is. 7 Up is, is sugar water. So, yeah, sugar water or water or, or if you're like me, what we used actually, what we used, we couldn't find the, 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 the proper receptacle that holds water. But um, my son, Michael, came up with a brilliant idea of, you know, those old uh, tin bins that you used to have that you could burn leaves and, and, yes. and, and bits of twigs and stuff in. The lid of one of those, which has a sort of a funnel. So it's, it's the, basically the tree is standing in the funnel. Lovely. I did the job very well, yeah. But as I say, no water, so I, I won't be won't won't be a long lived tree. But at the moment, it's grand. Oh well, I was down on my two hands and knees trying to kind of screw in the screws to keep it, and then I'd stand up and I'd look at it, think it's a bit wonky, and I'd give it another bash back to kind of straighten it up a bit. But um, it's not for the faint hearted, you know, putting up a Christmas tree. Put it in a corner and sort of lean it against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got two walls to sort of more or less hold it upright and just pray that you don't have a, a cat that decides that it wants to climb the tree. I've spent my, my, the last week looking at videos of, of cats making awful messes of Christmas trees, uh, climbing up, swinging at them, jumping across from the top of, 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 of shelves onto it. They seem to have fascination with Christmas trees. So if you have a cat, keep it out of the room with the Christmas tree. Absolutely. Well, Shirley, listen, there we must leave it. We will chat with you hopefully next week about your Christmas gardening gift guide and uh, all the bits and pieces that the last minute shoppers can go out because next week, I'd say, is going to be a harvest day. Next Saturday is going to be a harvest day for shopping, I've decided. Now, maybe that's just in my world. Maybe that's the long finger. It was going to be today, but now I'm kind of not feeling as much uh, as inclined. So it might be next Saturday. But we'll chat with you next yeah, Saturday morning, Shirley, please, enough. God. Very good. With everybody, with all their money out to the shop. Absolutely. Happy Saturday, Shirley. Happy Saturday, Edward. Bye-bye. That's Shirley Lanigan, our resident gardening expert. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, she is. Now, Mary Hughes has been on to us in Tullerone. Now, wait till I open up this because Mary wants us to let you know about the Christmas light display in support of Cushnor Cancer Support Centre. And it takes place at Paddy and Mary Hughes. Uh, they're out in Tullerone, County Kilkenny, and she gives us 
um, her air code so I can give it to you freely because she has given it to me. It's R95W6P5. Uh, so R95W6P5. She has sent us a video as well, a gorgeous video of a fantastic spectacle of lights that's in her garden. So that's in aid of Cushnore Cancer Support Centre. And as we know, of course, Cushnore needs such um, great funds for their development. So go on to cushnore.ie to find out how you can give the gift of care this Christmas from Cushnore. But Anish Thososbyog Aun von on Shavimit Rash Thresh on Sosbyog. Carlo Kilkenny KCLR The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden with thanks to Lyrath Estate gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher visit lyrath.com Now how gorgeous would that be to visit Lyrath of course uh, it's always such a lovely treat Tough all Ash Edward Hayden here with you lots coming up on the show 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line Let's head over to Ashling MacDonald because we are continuing our Advent wreath explorations. Advent calendar, as opposed to the Advent wreath, the Advent calendar explorations, Ashley. The Advent calendar is in full swing here at KCLR and we have got the very best treats to give away each day between now and Christmas. Today, we have a 50 euro voucher for O'Dwyer's Golf Store in Kilkenny and in Clonmel. So to win this, all you have to do is text the word GOLF followed by your name and address to 83 306-9696. Now you can enter this as many times as you like. Our lovely Shannon Redmond will announce the winner between 6 and 7 tonight. And if you don't win tonight, don't worry because you still have the chance to win on Christmas Eve because there's another 50 euro voucher from O'Dwyer's Golf Store to be won together with a second set of all other prizes given away on this year's KCLR Advent Calendar. So all of the texts that we receive go into the draw for that bumper prize on Christmas Eve. So if you want to enter today, all you have to do is send us a text with the word GOLF followed by your name and address to 083-306-9696 and the very best of luck. I'm looking at them here. They're coming in from Tullerone and Freshford and Castlecomer and Ballina Brana and Burris and Bagnallstown and everywhere else. So keep the texts coming in as well for that lovely uh, prize. Ashling, thank you so much. We'll chat again in the second hour of the show about that. Now, uh, you may remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke about um, surrogacy when we were up on our outside broadcast at um, Carlo. Uh, we're delighted to be joined in studio this morning by Joe Dempsey and Joe and his husband welcomed Thig, their son, to the world through surrogacy in Canada eight months ago and he's here now to tell us about the legal situation around um, around that. Just hold on for one second, Joe. I'm on... Um, apologies. Um, Joe, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Good morning, Edward. Uh, thank you for having me on this morning. A pleasure. Uh, I'm delighted to be here to talk about our own surrogacy journey and the upcoming legislation that uh, Minister Stephen Donnelly has brought to the Cabinet uh, this Tuesday. For sure. First and foremost, tell us how's Ty doing. He's eight months old now. He's great. He's uh, a boisterous little chap. He's full of giggles and laughs and uh, Ashling was a bit jealous there that he sleeps all night. Ashling was very jealous. I think we can have it on the record. <laughs> um, Ashling is a yeah, 10 month old and Ty has been sleeping all night for, yeah, since he was two and a half months old, unless he's teething. But uh, no, he's great. He's a, he's a fantastic little character coming into his own now. He um, 
yeah, he's he's not quite crawling, but he's rolling around the floor. He absolutely loves going into Dorn's Super Value and flirting with the ladies um, behind the counter. So he's he's a uh, yeah, he's a great little chap. How gorgeous! Now tell us about the situation um, with with Tyg because Tyg was born uh, through surrogacy, and we're hearing so much, uh, Joe, about the challenges for families around surrogacy with regard to legal rights, and of course, all of that legal rights really comes into play when there's problems or challenges or decisions that that need to be made. Tell us about your own story. Yeah, so myself and my husband Martin, um, back in two thousand and nineteen. Um, after considering some options of how we would start a family, we um, started down the road into surrogacy. Mm-hmm. Um, for us as a gay couple, um, our only options for surrogacy, the only countries that are open to us would be would have been the US and Canada at that time. So we chose Canada. Um, we um, found a lawyer over there. We found an agency over there. And through them, they connected us with our amazing surrogate, Chantel. And um, she is the fantastic lady who has delivered our son into the world on Good Friday. Of course. So it was a very good Friday for you. It was, yeah. We've become very close to Chantel and her wife, Kaylin. Um, we, her father put us up in his house for the four weeks while we were in Canada. So they've become extended family. We keep in contact with them all the time. They get little updates. They're looking forward to a clip to this interview when when it's over. Um, it's it's been a a long, difficult journey in some aspects because you know Tig is our fifth embryo transfer, so we've mm-hmm. had a lot of failures to get to this point. But now that he's here, it, it's all a distant memory, um, and it's just it's a wonderful, loving environment that our child has been born into. Oh, gorgeous. I'm not asking to speak on behalf of Chantal, but why would she do that? Why would um, somebody choose to be uh, a surrogate uh, and to sign up with an agency? Yeah, um, I don't think Chantal would mind me saying this because um, I've asked them for their permission to talk about them on mm. air today. Um, Chantal and her wife have two kids. Um, to have their second child, they went through a bit of um, fertility issues themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Chantel decided to carry their second child for her wife, which meant she felt she was a surrogate for her wife. Um, And as a result of that, she thought, maybe I could do this for somebody else. Mm. And their only, um, their main driver behind finding a couple that they would be, uh, that they would do a surrogacy journey with was they wanted to do it with a same-sex male couple, knowing that we have the largest hurdles to... uh, start a family it's such a it's such a generous thing to do isn't it it is it's yeah it's it's unbelievable to be honest uh we were there for his birth uh we the four of us were in the room so Chantel is is doing obviously all the main work um Kaylin was there myself and Martin were there um there was a couple of hours of of lots of giggles and the nurses were saying it was the party room you know Chantel and Kaylin are great characters and we we would have had a great laugh and then the drugs kick in and then the pain kicks in and, you know, it's it's what every family goes through when they're experiencing a child being brought into the world. Um, but it's it's been such a wonderful thing to share um, together, the four of us, and nobody, no law, no no country can take that away from us. It's just, it's it was fantastic. 
There is, um, I suppose, sometimes there's two there's two separate narratives that sometimes people want the surrogacy, to, the surrogate, to be just that, and then to kind of you know almost to sever links and and move back and 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 raise raise your your son or your family um, or your son in your case, you've decided obviously to keep a very strong relationship. What are the kind of the the fears or the risks or the considerations that are that are uh, gurgling up in in the back of your mind when you're uh, undergoing a journey like this, Joe? Um, not so many fears or risks when it comes to uh, like our, our when we our own personal thoughts mm. on it when we started out was we've when we've got a ten year old child looking at us asking where did I come from we want. We want that child to always know that they were born into love. Uh, we are two men. We can't create a child the traditional way. So we wanted a surrogate who we would hopefully, and you can't guarantee this. Like you know, personalities are very different. We wanted a surrogate that we would hopefully uh, strike up a great connection with. And to be honest, most families that I've met through um, Irish families through surrogacy or Irish gay dads that have started families through surrogacy have a great connection with the surrogate. You know, it, there's there's very few fallouts and 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 very few disagreements where that it can't be mended. Mm. The the situation then moving on from that, of course, the legalities around it are very labyrinthine uh, in terms of their approach and can be very convoluted and complicated. Talk to me currently now before the the most recent uh, developments, but when Tig was born. What's his uh, legal situation then in terms of mom and dad and rights and access and decision making and that autonomy that goes with parenting? Mm. So Tyg was born in Canada. So Tyg falls into uh, international surrogacy. If Tyg was born in Ireland, he'd fall into domestic surrogacy. So because Tyg was born in Canada, he's born a Canadian citizen. This is what Canada do for children born there via surrogacy. They allow them to be a citizen of the country, same for the US. Some other countries leave their, their children born stateless. Um, so we had no real difficulties because Tyg is born a Canadian citizen. He's entitled to a Canadian passport. We flew home as two Irish men with a Canadian child. Okay, That's the way we still are today. We are two Irish men with a Canadian child. I am genetically Tyg's um, parent and I could go to court in the morning with a DNA test to prove that I am I am his genetic parent my husband has no there's no mechanism in our in our current legal system for my husband to be legally recognized as Tig's father even though he's at home with him right now looking mm-hmm. after him even though he's the one reading him stories every night when I'm working He's bathing him. He's feeding him. That you know, he's every he's doing everything that a parent would do, but he's not legally recognised at the moment under Irish law as his parent. He's not entitled to take him to the doctor. He's not entitled to fly uh, out of the country with him. He's not entitled to make any medical decisions for him. There has been developments in the last number of days uh, because I suppose this is something that has been uh, that has been pushed and there's kind of like that rolling stone effect uh, with regard to it. And again, as you said, Irish gay dads uh, being to the forefront of that. Uh, update uh, provisions to the bill suggest that they have the potential to provide hundreds of Irish families with a route to formal recognition by the state of surrogacy arrangements that have been undertaken or will be undertaken in the future. What is it that is the panacea or the kind of the cure for, for this? What's needed, Joe? 
Um, I I just like to say that it's actually more than hundreds; it's thousands of okay. Irish families. Um, the I I guess I could break it down into into two different halves. There's mm-hmm. one is there's retrospective, which would be our surrogacy journey with Tyg, and then there's prospective. So retrospective looks at international surrogacy and domestic surrog- surrogacy arrangements. We will there will probably there will be an avenue for us in this new legislation where we can go to court, have our day in court together, myself and Martin, and walk out as Tyg's parents under a retrospective uh, legislation. And where does that leave Chantal? Chantal is is she's no legal connection to Tyg. Okay. So Chantelle is she's no genetic connection okay. to Tyg. So Tyg is born uh, via uh, donor egg, mm-hmm. and uh, we created embryos. She was and the Chantelle is, she, yeah. Well, she's a gestational carrier. Okay. Um, which is pretty much the standard in Canada, in mm-hmm. particular, when you do surrogacy, and in most countries, surrogates are not genetically tied to the child. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chantelle signs an affidavit. This is all covered in the legal system in Canada. Chantelle signs an affidavit to say. This is the agreement she entered into. She has no want or desire to be Tyg's uh, parent. Um, and, yeah, the arrangement is respected in the court in Canada. Um, we have Tyg's birth cert. We are both listed as his parents. Canada has been doing this for a long time and they've got all their... Yourself all and their Martin are listed as Tyg's parents. parents on, okay. his, on his birth cert. Oh, yeah. lovely. So if we were doing this domestically, then it would be a bit messier Mm. because we would have, um, let's say, I'll call her Sharon, a Mm. random Irish woman. Mm. Not random, sorry, but let's just pick a name. Yeah, yeah. Random name. Um, Say Sharon decided she wanted to be a surrogate for us and she carried Tyg into the world. She would be the legal parent of Tyg. She would be listed on Tyg's birth cert. Uh, what is looking like is coming up in this legislation. Even if her egg wasn't used. Even if her egg wasn't okay, used. Okay, so if she was this gestational... Yeah. Um, this is the same for okay. heterosexual couples as yeah. well. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, you know, I've, there's, um, there's some... In, I'll get to it in a bit, but there's some interesting Kilkenny people that that have been at the forefront of uh, the surrogacy um, push for the legislation. But if for a domestic arrangement... Tyg would have been born with a birth cert with his surrogate listed as his mother and if not contested by the genetic dad her husband would be listed would be considered the father um, in, under this legislation it looks like they will respect the surrogacy agreement domestically and they will allow the intended parents be it two men or a man and a woman be listed as the parents on the birth cert which is just fantastic mm. and the surrogate is respected as a surrogate because I've, ne- I've yet to meet a surrogate who actually wants to be seen as the mother they just they're doing it because they want to be a surrogate to help a family be created and something like that for your family and thousands of others as you say whether same sex or heterosexual is going to be transformative it absolutely will be yeah now there, that's that's the retrospective mm. the prospective now of course this hasn't happened no this hasn't which, happened which we must we put seen the we must put in a modicum of caution yes, around that as absolutely. well absolutely we haven't seen the detail mm. of it yet so I volunteer with a group called Irish Gay Dads and we work alongside LGBT Ireland Equality for Children and Irish Families Through Surrogacy to to look at this finer detail and try and advocate for future parents and how um, their arrangements should be uh, assisted by 
by our country and by our laws. The Minister, with respect, though, does seem to be kind of quite focused and seems to be working relatively assiduously on this on this bill. Uh, absolutely. Look, it's, it's, it's taken a long time to get mm-hmm. here. I think there is definitely a, a want and a will by in all, all the uh, political parties to drive this forward, and, but it's complicated. And I get it's complicated. There's different jurisdictions involved. There's different uh, people involved. There's some ethical issues involved in some countries. Sure. And this legislation will hopefully fix that. Now, there's some concerns from, from our side as intended parents that have been through it. Is there's What they're looking to set up is a, a regulatory authority which will pre-approve surrogacy arrangements in the future once this legislation comes into place. The concern about that is this authority will once to to be enabled to pre-approve somebody's surrogacy arrangement might add some delays to that mm-hmm. arrangement might add some complications to that arrangement might add some extra uh, expenses to that arrangement and it might make it a bit more difficult for Irish parents to be considered um as intended parents for any surrogate out there that's looking to help people. A couple of questions, and none of which are, are, are to be seen as, as, as clinical, but you were talking about you know, the complications. I presume with regard to dealing with an agency or something, there is a compensation package um, put in place for, for that. Compensation for As who? in remuneration for the, the gestational carrier, is there? Yeah, Chantel, in, uh, in our In general, yeah, yeah, in, in general, no, in, in I'm our, not asking your own sense. No, no, so in, in our situation, um, Chantel is Canadian. We Our surrogacy journey happened in Canada. Mm-hmm. Canada is an altruistic uh, destination for surrogacy. It is illegal for us to pay Chantel okay. to carry our child. We have covered any of her medical costs. Okay. Um, you know, Chantelle was put on five weeks bed rest before Tig was born. We cover the, the bit of her wage that her health insurance didn't cover. So any, any stuff like that that comes up, any pregnancy-related expenses is what uh, we're responsible for and quite rightly to be but it's a self, which is lovely that it's a selfless contribution or, or gift to, to, to somebody as well. In terms of the Irish situation, and I'm conscious that time is against us, unfortunately, um, but in terms of the Irish situation, you, you spoke about your Canadian journey, Joe, that there was like an agency. If you were deciding to do this journey or to, to complete this journey in Ireland, um, the selection process for um, a gestational carrier, how is that achieved? I mean, we're so familiar. We had Brian Dowling a couple of weeks ago mm. uh, on the show with his husband, Arthur, who obviously uh, their sister, um, carried his sister carried um, the baby. How does that process, do you need to know somebody? Is it a case of like a friend completing this kind of altruistic uh, gesture? Absolutely, yes. Okay, so, so in, there's in, no in, formality. In, in a domestic uh, situation, it's it's usually a friend or a sister or, or, or somebody. There is some, you know, there's some Facebook groups. There's a there's one in the UK and it connects some intended parents or, or hopeful intended parents with surrogates. Um, but so on a, on a domestic scale, I, I welcome all of these conversations because it just, it, it kind of normalises surrogacy mm. a bit. It allows some people... and. Uh, consider would they want to be a surrogate for an Irish couple um, but from from an international uh, surrogacy perspective I think if there's anybody considering going into surrogacy I would give four contacts that you could you could reach out to um, one would be uh, Irish gay dads another would be Irish families through surrogacy 
Uh, and then there's two uh, leading solicitors that I would I would definitely recommend anybody speak to before they consider surrogacy, either domestically or internationally. Mm. And one would be Annette Hickey, and she's from Poe, she's Kilkenny-based, uh, Poe, Keeley, Hogan and Lanigan uh, solicitors. And then there's Fiona Duffy, and she's from uh, Patrick F. O'Reilly solicitors. Um, and they are they are they know all the current knowledge, all the current legal systems in in mm-hmm. all the different jurisdictions, and they be the best to advise anybody who's looking to get into this um, to help start their family. Would you do it again? Um, there, there's there's a plan in place. So so okay. watch watch this space. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. How lovely. How lovely. Uh, a texture here of a number of texts, but a texture says, what a lovely story, Edward. The country is so, so behind in terms of surrogacy. It's certainly time for change, uh, which is, I think, indicative of how people are, are feeling this morning. Uh, Joe, continued good wishes to you. Uh, thanks for joining us this morning and for giving us those um, signposts to where people can get um, details. Because having a family, you know, is not a straightforward uh, journey for anybody no. in, in whatever manner. So um, it's good to know that the options are there and good that there is a bit more legal rigour coming around this. So um, I'm sure lots of people can put pressure on their local politicians when they come knocking. Um, that would be advantageous as well. Absolutely. Can I just give a shout out Please to, uh, speaking of local politicians, uh, we have some absolute heroes in our surrogacy world. Uh, one of them would be Deputy Kathleen Function. She's been a, an absolute, such an ally for any family that have had a child through surrogacy. She's really kept kept the, the ball rolling in, in the Parliament to push this legislation forward. Chair of the Child Committee, of course. Yes, absolutely. And then Annette Hickey, um, she's been absolutely amazing. Another Kilkenny native. Um Cathy and Brian Egan have uh, I'm sure you're aware they took the state to court um, all, all these things have been really instrumental in pushing this forward uh, and then there's Cathy and Keith Wheatley Cathy is a Kilkenny native but I'm not sure if you saw them on the You Me and Surrogacy documentary they're, they're living in Wicklow um, and yeah Cathy uh, and Keith are another family who have just pour their story out there to help other families and and really inspire inspired us to keep going to be honest well change can come in lots of different ways Joe thank Absolutely. you for joining us and this morning that's Joe Dempsey telling us his story about surrogacy and uh, uh, lots more uh, developments still to come in in that and Minister Stephen Donnelly of course um, announcing uh, some suggested amendments uh, to that Human Reproduction Bill and lots more besides as well. Let's take a break. We'll be back just after this talking all things health. Healthy Habits on KCLR sponsored by Natural Health Store Kilkenny. Stockists of new Nordic fat burner an advanced herbal tablet supporting effective fat metabolism. Natural Health Store feel good on the inside. Now it's so important to feel good on the inside as well as the outside and to help us with that, Dee Murphy from Dee Murphy Fitness uh, joins me in studio. Dee Murphy of Dee Murphy Fitness, Hello, good morning. how are we? I'm very good, how are you? Good, good, I'm good. You look great. Thanks a million. I wish you. I looked as great heading into the mouth of Christmas. <laughs> uh, how has life been for you uh, business-wise during oh, the year? Busy, busy. This time of year is kind of like quietening down a little bit. Of course. Um, but obviously making preparations for January. Um, but you yeah, know, it's been a 
really, really busy year. Um, lots, lots happening. Worked for a lot of clients this year, and yeah, just looking forward to the downtime now with family. And you do a lot, of course, of one-on-one as well, which I know you you, you enjoy. Yeah, like I do. My my business, I suppose, kind of shifted a little bit um, since the pandemic, really. Um, so Close the majority didn't. of my business, I know. So my business is predominantly online. I do a small bit of like face-to-face training, but at the moment it is pro- predominantly online, and I work with like kind of group coaching online and one-on-one online as well. Mm. Which is which is great. Mm. Online really was 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 somewhat a, a platform that suited the kind of the the sports and exercise and fitness world. Definitely, didn't it? like we really reaped the benefits. I think of it yeah. because it like my business prior to that was probably. I'd say 70% actually face-to-face training mm. and then 30% online. And then that just completely shifted. Um, but I think it was actually the, the push I probably needed just to delve into the online world a little bit more. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad I did. And of course, improving our carbon footprint as well, because everyone is now doing the exercises exactly. in their conservatory. Yeah. <laughs> Come here till I tell you, the brief we gave you now, Dee, it was a tall order, I have to say. So, and I will read it out. Dee Murphy from Dee Murphy Fitness will give us her top tips on how to enjoy Christmas and be good. I know, that's it. That's a dichotomy of <laughs> it messaging. Is, it is, But look, it can, how it, can we do it? It can happen. I think, I suppose, the most important thing coming into, the, into December is managing our expectations. I think that's important. Um, maintenance is always going to be the kind of the goal, I think, in December. And I think weight loss goals in December, being honest, they don't really go hand in hand. And I think it's important to realise that Christmas does come around once a year and it's important to manage your expectations as well. So I think like maintaining a good level of fitness, you know, a good level of nutrition is definitely the goal within within Christmas. Because at the end of the day, these are times and memories of your family and, you know, food makes memories too and you don't want to be sitting in the corner with your salad while everyone's there having their Christmas turkey and their Christmas pudding so I think it's important to have balance and I think like with regards to movement during Christmas remembering that movement is movement in no matter whatever shape and shape or form whether that's a quick workout or a walk with the family um I do think it's really important if your food is going to be a little bit I suppose um wonky exactly good word good word (laughs) a little bit wonky then it is important to kind of keep the movement up and focus on one variable as opposed to trying to focus on everything you know if you can focus on one and nail that you know you're you're kind of you know you're laughing you're on the pig's back and the new year will come and the new year will come that's it and i think as well with christmas like we've lots of social events like lots lots are happening um i actually recorded a reel this morning just chatting about christmas and and i was kind of saying and it's like this is like we are like literally in peak silly season this week is like probably the one everybody wants a bit yeah exactly like and it's just like everything is so busy and so hectic there's lots on you're meeting this one and you're going for dinner and it's just a really really busy week so i think the, the key for for this is to plan ahead you know if you're going if you know you're going out plan ahead for 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 the day like well ma- have well balanced meals kind of earlier on in the day mm. uh, don't go out starving yeah that's out, the thing isn't yeah, it? it is and we do we tend to do that so like don't go out absolutely hanging well we're trying longer. to get into the frock you see yeah you see that's, that's the big thing <laughs> but have have well balanced meals during the day because when you go out for dinner then you know you can enjoy it and i suppose listen to your hunger cue you know, your your fullness mm, cues mm, as well mm. like don't eat until you're satisfied not until you're absolutely stuffed except on Christmas Day because you know that kind of goes without That's saying a <laughs> yeah. loose pants yeah uh, talk to me about the booze D then yes okay so with alcohol I suppose like we kind of we, we forget that you know alcohol you know we forget about the liquid calories you know mm. and they add up do you know like if you were to have six, sure. yeah if you were to have six 
pints, let's say, if you're drinking pints, you know, in a night, that's, you know, well over a thousand calories just on drink alone before you even factor in any food. So I, I must suppose... have six pints, I wouldn't see the new year. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's true. And that's, that may be. Oh, you're not the only one. But I suppose just looking at it like that, like liquid calories do count and making wise alcohol swaps, you know, mm. like, so, you know, going for the, like, we all love the cocktails, but maybe kind of like, you know, steering away from the creamy cocktails, maybe going for like a, a spirit and a diet mixer instead or a light or low calorie beer. Now, particularly if you've got multiple nights out, like, you know, we can't do the dog on it every single night or out. It's important to have some form of control. And I think, you know, there, there's lots of options out there. There's lots of low calorie drink options out there. And I think as well, a good thing to do is is to kind of give yourself like a, a, a drinks total, like in your head and going out, this is how many drinks I'm going to have. I know that can be hard, mm. but it helps, I suppose, from just a, from a control point of view, it definitely helps, you know. Are the spirits in the mixer, is this the kind of the old, uh, the wives' tale, are the spirits in the mixer better than the glass of wine or the pint? Well, it depends, I suppose. In and, terms and, of these and, liquid calories. Yeah, like I, I suppose it depends on the quantity like that you're having. Like I suppose like, like a glass of wine it would probably be 125 to 150 calories per glass whereas you know if you've got a a, a spirit or a gin and tonic like a gin and tonic like that could be you know under 100 do you know if you if you had a gin and a a low calorie tonic with it like so so it all adds up especially if you're having multiple Mm. drinks in the night so if we keep with the six that you were talking about six gin and tonics is better than maybe six glasses of wine yeah would be calorie wise anyway, better yeah. for your head as well <laughs> I think so Jesus, too should be up and after <laughs> six, six glasses of wine. of wine I'm telling you um, okay and then in terms of exercise over yeah. Christmas I mean that can be taken in lots of quirky little See, ways can't it as well and I think like you know when you think about it, like your family you want to spend time with your family you don't want to be like you know, look it all, it all comes down to your own schedule but I know myself and I'm a, tr- a personal trainer I am not going to be out training you know five days a week during Christmas I want to spend that time with my family it's one time of the year that we get to spend together because so you I, have two little ones I have two little boys yeah so it's going to be a hectic household two and four you were telling me two and four yeah well listen that's your exercise so that's there's you my covered yeah <laughs> but I think like about you know it's all about like you know incorporating your, your family into, into your movement I think as well and going for walks and you know embracing the time that you have off together and obviously fitting in a quick workout where you can. Can I ask you one final question? Unfortunately, time is against us. Angela Doyle Stewart will be out with a gun to shoot me. <laughs> but anyway, she won't. Um, pace. You're talking about this walk. So if I yeah. go for a walk or yeah. I w- I'll take myself out of it. If you go for a walk yeah. just at a kind of a normal pace with yeah. a two and four year old yeah. and maybe bringing granny with you for, yeah. for the walk or, or whatever. Yeah. Is that going to be as good as if I was kind of boom, 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 Well, look. I'm well, doing a very animated yeah. <laughs> motion here for those listening at home. <laughs> you shouldn't. No, look, obviously, we want to, you know, we want to elevate your heart rate. But okay. If, you know, and that's, you know, that's obviously the you know key, like, you know, but obviously, given certain situations, that mightn't be possible. Movement is movement. No matter what it is, it's going to be beneficial for your, your body. It's going to be beneficial for your mind. So regardless, I think, during Christmas at least anyway just focus on movement yeah. just focus on moving and then in the new year we can we can take year. larger exactly. larger actions exactly yeah Dee listen thanks so much for coming no in problem. tell me where people can find all of your online yes. uh, activities and your online classes give us a signpost yes. to what you're doing I will okay so um, I actually recently had a little rebrand so I'm actually Dee Murphy coaching now um, oh my god apologies little I like, scratch this from not minutes. at all no just very very recent I think like obviously fitness is a huge part of what I do but I want I like I work with people on, on, a, on a more you know 
personal level I think as well and we focus on everything that surrounds fitness not just fit- fitness itself so you can find me dmurphycoaching.ie um, and if anyone is looking for a plan to get them back into I suppose some structure in the new year I've actually got a new year eight week challenge beginning on the 8th of January and you can find all the details on dmurphycoaching.ie and isn't the 8th of January lovely because is, yeah. the roses are gone the quality exactly. streets are gone we're in that mindset the lovely again. sweets yeah. from the truffle fairy are gone <laughs> D, uh, I will be shot but uh, this text is worthy of inclusion hi I'm 64 I tried to get an hour's walk in about three days a week sometimes I don't have time to do this walk but I have a treadmill and will fit in 20 minutes on that how long should I walk on the treadmill to have fitness that's amazing and there's a big question fair yeah. play no, to that's you. amazing I suppose look it, it depends on your schedule like you know if you can aim for like you know a 30 minute walk would be great if we could get in like the, the general guidelines are we want to fit in at least 150 minutes of like moderate exercise per week so if you break that down on I suppose on a, on, on a daily basis five days a week that's 30 minutes so I think 30 minutes would be a really really good aim there our texture seems to be doing not too bad yes she's doing brilliant fair play thanks so much D, D Murphy Thanks, from Edward. D Murphy Coaching we're going to take an ad break and we're going to go over it'll be about half past 11 but anyway we'll have the news with Angela Doyle Stewart the lovely Angela Doyle Stewart the very kind Angela Doyle Stewart the very very pretty looking Angela Doyle Stewart will be with you uh, as soon as I can put her on to you Casey The Saturday Show on KCLR with Edward Hayden with thanks to Lyrath Estate gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift voucher visit lyrath.com now, good morning. You're very welcome back. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. Use it to keep in contact with us. Uh, we have a texture in here. It says, hello, Edward. Love the show. And can you say hello to Mary and all the family in Ballykeenan and to Sinead in Carlo? Wishing them and you a very happy Christmas. And thank you uh, for that text. It's much uh, obliged. Now, let's head over to our telephone line because on it we're joined by the ever lovely Mary Coughlin. Mary Coughlin, good morning to you. Hello. Hello, Mary. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you very well. Oh, perfect. How are you keeping? Can you hear me now? I certainly can, yeah. Okay, I'm in a shop, so I I went on speaker there because I couldn't hear you and you couldn't hear me. I'm ducked into a quiet corner. I'm in London for two nights, sold out gigs. So um, just getting a bit of shopping, uh, just having a look around the shops as well. How very rock and roll. How very rock and roll. You're doing a bit of Christmas shopping in between gigs in London. Well, it's only one thing I need that I can't get to Dublin or there you go. So, or Wicklow. Oh, Wicklow. Well, listen, I didn't think there was anything that people couldn't get in Wicklow. It's just, I, um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you have it. Now, come here till I tell you, you're bound for Hotel Kilkenny on the 26th of January alongside Sharon Shannon and Francis Black. Uh, you're bringing your uh, show on tour. Yeah, we're doing... Um, God, we, we, I don't know how many years we've been doing it now, but last year we did like 19 gigs because it was it was the first year that we were allowed to have, um, you know, the full audience in. Of course. And people went absolutely nuts. They couldn't get tickets anywhere. And um, they were dancing in the aisles and everything by the encore. It was an extraordinary, joyful occasion last year. Well, listen, they love so, you and you're all very good at what you do. So why wouldn't they dance in the aisles at that? Yeah, but they never saw anything like that before, you know, like at our gigs. They're just, but a man got up and he started dancing and the next minute they were doing a train around, I think it was the <laughs> Traveller's Friend. They did it in the Ulster Hall in Belfast as well. Every single person just got up while I was singing right on and danced around the whole place. It was ex- extraordinary. Do you still love the performing, Mary? I do, yeah. 
So uh, I love I love I love performing. I'm doing two nights here now. I did the gig on Thursday night and uh, flew over yesterday evening to get a bit of sleep and uh, two nights here. And then um, I have I'm working until the 22nd of December. So I absolutely love it. And uh, shock a block for next year because it's my 40th anniversary. So I'll be out on my own all over the place. Oh, how lovely. How lovely. Uh, well, I'm sure you'd be heading down Carlo Clickenny way as well as, as part of, of that tour. How will you feel, Mary? Uh, or how does it feel to be kind of putting together a diary of going out on your own? Because, um, you know, you've been part of that uh, woman's heart collection or collaboration for such a long number of times and getting a run out with a few of the different women over the years. Yeah, we just do that there now in January, you know, like um, I go out on my own uh, the other 11 months of the year. So I did 28 gigs in Australia and New Zealand in March and April. And I did a tour of Holland and then I did 17 gigs in England in August and a few festivals. So, yeah, I uh, bring my own band and we love it. So it's it's a different gig and it's it's just good fun with the girls because we, we really only kind of see each other once a year. You know what I mean? Maybe that's the secret to everlasting friendships. We see each other like uh, every weekend for January and February, generally speaking. And we all stay in uh, something. We'll be staying overnight at the hotel. And it's a kind of a wonderful social thing. And uh, the band as well. And we all have to crack. And then uh, we all go off and do our different things. And uh, we uh, meet up again in uh, in January, February the following year. Please God. Absolutely. Well, that's a good way to punctuate your year been going for about Sharon and Francis and I have been doing this particular thing for I think it's more than 12 years now um, so we love it yeah oh fabulous well listen we look forward to seeing it in Kilkenny on the 26th of January in Hotel Kilkenny Mary before I let really? you go it's uh, it's after been a sad year of course for Irish artists most recently uh, with the passing of, of Shane McGowan but we had Sinead O'Connor and Christy Dignam and many others but those are three big names of course in the Irish uh, music scene um, your thoughts on, on that it's been a, a rough year for the Irish music scene in that in that sense well my thoughts are as usual probably with their families and you know the, it's been yeah um if i i i don't know how I, god bless them shane i i sang with shane every year um i did a, tour, a couple of tours with him in in um ireland england america uh we did some festivals when when kirsty was gone you know yeah and also one year she was having the baby i uh one of her sons I did the I did the the gigs with them. We did seven nights in the Brixton Academy in London. I nearly ended up in hospital afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> what um, happened, Mary? Yeah. Spill the beans. Oh no! Just the amount of um, you know debauchery was unbelievable. You know. Oh well, listen, so, debauchery is always favoured. What? Yeah. Well, it was pretty pretty. Anyway, there you go. So um, yeah, there it, it was a sad year. Christy, I love Christy. You know, and Sinead and I had our differences over the years. But sure, there you go. That's all. I'm sad to see her. I'm, I know her, her, her children. And I knew Shane. Shane lived with me for a while before, you know. Anyway, there you go. It's very sad. Well, listen, Mary, we'll let you go. We'll let you back to the shopping and we can leave people with the good news that you will be coming to Kilkenny alongside Sharon Shannon and Francis Black yes, on the 26th. Yes, Lovely. Nice to talk to you, Mary. Good morning. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
now. Did you ever get a phone? Did you ever get a feeling someone didn't want to be on the phone to you? <laughs> anyway, that's Mary Coughlin. She's coming to Hotel Kilkenny. She'd be in right order on the night, uh, I have no doubt. Uh, let's take a break. And after that, we're going to be joined by our resident psychotherapist, the ever-lovely Mags Bowen, who does want to be on the show with us this morning. KCLR. Good morning. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm getting a text. Ha ha, Edward, you're a panto. Say it as it is or as it was. What should come here till I tell you? You're all tuning in here of a Saturday morning for honesty. There's no point in not being honest. Um, but anyway, that's it. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. We'd love to hear from you um, as uh, we go along as well. Um, now somebody oh my god you're all in bad form this morning somebody else has texted me saying, saying it's Wicklow get the pronunciation right Edward and uh, I think you obviously missed the joke it was Mary Coughlin who said about Wicklow um, my elocution fully extends up to Wicklow so I can uh, cover that but anyway thanks for the text uh, as well um, a lengthy text here and I'll get to that in just a second I'll read that in a few minutes time um Anyway, delighted to be joined by the ever lovely Mags Bowen, who's with us. Give no impotence on this show this morning. morning. Edward, it's so lovely to see you. I'm delighted to be here. Listen, <laughs> yeah, that's the right answer. So taking your box straight away. Mags, lovely to have you on. How are you set for uh, the season of merriment and, and goodwill? I'm as set as I'm going to be. Um, I'm looking forward to downtime. I'm looking forward to connecting with my three sons and just they'll be coming back fully from college and yeah, work looking, and kind of, you know there's there's a couple fully back and there's some half back and but no I'm just looking forward to I suppose time out um walking reading just reconnecting with as I say with my sons with uh, my husband with 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 my family and just being able to spend time and I think I suppose it's going back maybe for me I don't know whether it's an age thing but it's going back to um quality versus quantity you know quality time um, and quality pursuits that I just really feel feed me and nourish me and then I'll be set to go again in January. Mm. And that nourishment, we've spoken a, a lot of times about that nourishment and, and the need for nourishment. You know, it can be difficult to do it um, and not appear outwardly selfish, can't it? I think once we believe in the requirement of emotional nourishment we don't worry about it seeming selfish because it actually comes across as being looking after ourselves and then we can extend ourselves you know fully to others and I was struck by listening on the way over you know the chat you were having previously about uh, how we nourish ourselves with food and drink over Christmas Mm. but there is the other levels of nourishment that need to be looked at too so you know if we emotionally nourish if we soulfully nourish if we spiritually nourish and that can be coming in different forms for different people you know but I think it's it's nourishment is a curious topic when we look at it and it really needs to be addressed on many levels very often when we talk about say for example you know we talk about being an emotional eater but you know what are we trying to fill in that time we identify and we have the word for it and we Mm. use it flippantly at times so I'm an emotional eater I eat my feelings away but in actual fact if we have that emotional nourishment in place it really, really impacts all the other levels of nourishment in our lives. So I don't, I certainly don't believe it's selfish, but I do think it's maybe difficult to give ourselves permission to start it. But once we start it, we recognise it's the same as denying ourselves food. We wouldn't do it. 
There's many people this morning who are really looking forward to Christmas and looking forward to what you're doing to reconnect with family and friends and having the time to do that and doing that by you know, vegging out on the couch and having conversations and going out walks and sitting around the table and sharing, mm. you know, um, a dining experience or whatever. There's many that are not. Um, and there are there's two types I've decided in anticipation of our conversation. There are those that are not looking forward to that and those that don't have that opportunity presented to them. Loneliness is something that we've discussed at length on on this show and it's something that's becoming, I mean, it's really coming into all of our worlds and all of our beings. I think there's an acknowledgement, would you agree, that loneliness is present? Yeah. And I think if it's, there's there's been, you know, not very many things that we can say positively came out of the COVID experience, but I think it has given people permission to say they're lonely. Um, And there's different types of loneliness. I suppose there's emotional loneliness where you feel disconnected, um, not part of then, you know, there's a social loneliness that you might feel outside of my immediate family or outside of my immediate relationship or outside of me. I don't feel a connection with the community or with society. Um, I think it's useful to recognise the difference between loneliness and solitude. We can actually be very, very lonely in a crowd. Mm. We can be quite happy in our own company. But I do think Christmas is a very, very uh, complex experience for many of us. It throws the spotlight doesn't it? It really does and I'm very very aware as a bereavement therapist, as you know a general psychotherapist, Christmas is wonderful it's fun, it's exciting, it's happy, it's glitzy, it's bright but also there's there's the dark parts of it. There's a reflecting back maybe to times where people who were with us are no longer with us mm. or perhaps with us but no longer in, in full function or cognitive ability so I think inevitably you know um, there are parts of Christmas that cause us reflection and I suppose recognition of, oh, you know, yeah, that was that was a good time and I miss that. Um, I think it's hugely important to acknowledge we can't all be happy and jolly. We're not all doom and gloom either, but it's just to be able to acknowledge that not everybody finds Christmas easy. Just back to the emotional intelligence. During the week, I'll tell a long story as quick as I can. Uh, during the week, I was asked to do uh, some spiritual interjections at um, a carol service at the New Ross Singers down in New Ross were doing uh, conducted excellently by Connie Tantrum on the evening. But was I was I was on for the first half. There was eight songs and I was doing some spiritual inter- interjections uh, in between each one. And then I sat and watched the second half of the concert, which was more, you know, pieces from popular culture yeah. or whatever. And as I was sitting there, my mind wandered, as Mm -hmm. it often does. And I was looking at all of these ladies and gentlemen of uh, mixed ages who were all done up in their black dresses or black suits, had their good brooches or their good ties or tie pins or dicky bows on them and had their hairs done and Mm -hmm. whatever. And I moved away from the music. I actually left the music for a while and I looked at them all and I said, you know, how lovely to have that sense of community and a sense of purpose. And I was going, I was looking, I could see into all of their kitchens that day saying, oh no, there's no dinner or there's a handy dinner because I'm going out now tonight, I have my performance with the New Ross Singers, yeah. it's the carol service or whatever. That sense of belonging. Absolutely. I, I was so aware of it. But always, that's difficult to achieve or mm-hmm. difficult to catapult yourself. And obviously their shared mission is that they have a talent that, you know, mm allows them to be part mm. of that little club mm. but a sense of belonging and community is is I decided watching it yeah. is 
the mission and the goal? Connection is very, very important. But I suppose before we can connect with the outside world, before we can connect with others, we need to connect with ourselves. Mm. And that goes back once again. You always again. throw a boomerang into I it. I do. <laughs> <laughs> That's once again going back to visiting with ourselves and identifying what do I need. Because at times people can feel lonely and disconnected, but they may not demonstrate or communicate that need. <clears throat> Excuse me. They may actually communicate, I want to be alone. So, you know, it's very important to connect with ourselves first and just do a quick assessment with our, of our needs. We may not know how to implement those needs. And that's where we go and we ask somebody, how do I do this? But I think it's really important to go through all the W's first, who, what, where, when, why, and then ask how. Very often we're looking at the how, but we're not going back to all the W's. Mm. But before we can connect with others, we need to connect with ourselves. So those questions then again, Mags, if we're listening uh, this morning, what are those uh, what are those questions that we should uh, should be able to uh, answer? Well, I suppose, you know, where am I feeling most disconnected or lonely in my life? Was there or what event maybe uh, brought this to my attention? Who might I speak to this? Where do I feel it most acutely? Why is this happening? Is there anything that I have communicated with other people or communicated with myself that this is happening and then how do I make a change and it's the how piece we usually need support with mm. but if we haven't assessed the all the W's it's very very hard to implement the how Is there an acknowledgement required do you know um, could we answer those questions untruthfully unknowingst to ourselves 100% Okay Yeah 100% because we all I suppose protect ourselves at times and up to recently and maybe depending on the age if somebody acknowledges I'm feeling lonely um, that's you know can be taken on as an identity that I'm not good enough or I'm not likeable enough or people don't want to spend time with me so that's a hard one at times to sit with and look um, I see that with young people a lot actually we tend to think you know that loneliness is confined to different cohorts of our society mm. And typically we would have really acknowledged that a lot of elderly people could be lonely. But in actual fact, I'm seeing an awful lot of younger people lonely. And they certainly are taking it on. What's wrong with me? What is it about me that people don't want to spend time with? And in actual fact, when you break it down, it's how are you telling yourself there's something wrong with you? How are you communicating to others? You know, because we, sometimes we can feel very, very lonely. But we actually are isolating because we want to protect that feeling. So those W's are massively important in terms of either sitting down yourself or being able to jot it down and see the evidence on paper or to talk it out loud to yourself or to talk to somebody who can support you. Families and friends and work colleagues and passing strangers and, you know, people in the supermarket aisles. How can we help or can we? I like to think that we can model the behaviour we'd like back or treat people as we'd like to be treated ourselves. You model know. the behaviour. We do it instinctively with children. You know, if we hand a child a biscuit, we might say ta-ta and eventually ta-ta. Oh, you're great. They are. But you have models that behaviour that you'd like back. So if you smile, if you say hello, um, generally, you know, that might be the only smile or that might be the only hello, but you've done it. And then it's safer to model that back in turn. The other types of loneliness then, um, those that are very isolated, as in physically isolated from people, people whose worlds are very small. 
for one reason mm. or another. That's different than the emotional because often people with emotional loneliness are in a kind of a populated world or can be. Yeah, and again, it's it's important to differentiate if somebody is living, for example, in a very remote area, mm. they may be quite happy living in solitude. They may feel social connection through various, um, you know, hobbies or interests or tasks that they perform. Um, they may not experience emotional loneliness. They may feel quite secure in their world and with their relationships. Equally, um, <coughs> that can be very, very difficult because it may be harder to access supports or access connections within a local community if you are living in a remote space. But just when you mentioned music, I think music is phenomenally useful in that music brings on a life of its own within us. You know, I know if I'm listening to, I don't know, now that's what I call music 10. (laughs) (laughs) Top of the pops. (laughs) And I'm listening to a piece of music, you know, and my family laugh because I think it's very strange. But if I close my eyes and listen to that music, I can say to you, that was 1985. That was a happy time or uh, can't pinpoint exactly what was going on. But I know that probably wasn't I wasn't at my best. Music taps into parts of us that we really can't access uh, in other ways. I see that with patients who would have difficulty with memory or with cognitive ability. May not remember yesterday. You play a piece of music and words are sung immediately. So music can be a phenomenal connection into parts where we felt happy, where we had maybe stronger relationships. And even by allowing us sit with that piece of music, we can then start exploring what was going well at that time in my life. How was I behaving with others? How was I seeking support? What was I doing that maybe I'm not doing now? And what caused that to stop? We have a huge piece of information then when we're going through all those W's before we're implementing the how. How might I change this? Mm. Art is the same. It's it's really fascinating. <laughs> and, you know, I'm hearing, I'm, as I'm sure you are and everybody that's listening, bar none, I'm sure is hearing of people that are getting traumas and families and trauma. Even this morning, I know I heard, you know, just a really terrible situation to happen to people at the mouth of Christmas or the mouth of whatever but people are being bet left right and centre aren't they and it's hard to um, conjure up a kind of a, an emotional tenacity isn't it to to sustain it all but yet we nearly always do we always do and we bounce back and we have that word I don't like but you know I suppose over time if we're supported appropriately through our um dilemmas we become um, more resilient in ourselves I suppose we trust ourselves that this too shall pass I do think it's very important to acknowledge that whatever the emotional distress or trauma or difficult situation we're going through it halts our development it interrupts our living and if we don't tend to our difficulties in a very compassionate and kind way the same as we would if we had a broken leg We'd have it x-rayed, we'd make sure it was in a cast and that cast holds that injury for as long as it takes before we can walk again and we walk before we run and eventually we run but sometimes we get reminders of that break. When we go through difficult times, it halts our living as we know it and unless we take compassion and care with our own um, situation and almost x-ray and scan and hold it and make sure that that cast is supporting for as long as we need it and start gently by walking back into our life and eventually we'll run. But knowing that reminders will happen. And I think Christmas is one big reminder for people that it brings back old situations, relationships with people who are no longer with us. 
um, relationships who may be coming to an end. And it's just very important to give, you know, um, space and respect to those situations as well, of course, as absolutely enjoying the turkey and the ham and the crackers and the wine and everything. But just to have that balance. It would be remiss. It would be remiss of me not to uh, conclude our conversation by bringing in bereavement because, you know, I'm conscious that bereavement keeps happening yeah. every second. As we're on the air, there's families been uh, devastated even as we're chatting. But for people, that first Christmas is, 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 is very key and that's not to kind of to devalue those that continue to Absolutely. feel bereft. Yeah. But that first Christmas, the kind of the swell of emotion that mm. comes with somebody been missing from whether it's from the table or from your Christmas card list or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. Any advice or counsel about how mm. people can sit with that and accept it and yet proceed? Yeah. Well, I would say, first of all, I wouldn't advise anyone. I would offer suggestions based on my experience. Um, I think it's very, very important that people recognise we're very good in Ireland with wakes and funerals. I say this regularly. The biggest task we have when we're grieving is learning how to live without the person. And that takes place after the funeral. So it's just to accommodate. And we don't get to the point really of accepting that it was okay to lose anyone. I think that's too big a task to place upon us. But we accept that they're gone. Be gentle with yourself. Do not measure your responses against somebody else's. If there's 10 people in a family, there's 10 different grieving styles. Everybody has a unique relationship with the person in life and they will have a unique relationship in death. I also think, you know, complicated grief can happen as a result of extra complications within the loss. That happened certainly through COVID where there was no proper goodbyes. And that has left scars on people. And I also see and think that, you know, as well as loss and grief through bereavement, there's living grief. People who may be living with a terminal illness, people who may know that more than likely it is their last Christmas, people who are recognising that for the first time they may not have their family member at a family table or in their own home. That's also grief and it's a living grief. And I think that really, really has to be respected and accommodated and give yourself space. If you need to push away from the table and go and take 10 minutes to just sit and reground yourself and make it safe again and accommodate emotional regulation, that's what you do. Meet yourself where you're at in this. There's no right or wrong way to grieve, but every single person grieves uniquely in keeping with the unique relationship they had with the person. Texter has just texted in, Edward, you're so kind and great help to listen to yourself and Mags. 20 years on, I struggle, no matter how many are around. And that's, the you know, that sense of loss, it, it, it's not like a liver. It doesn't grow back, sure it doesn't? No, we grow... The loss doesn't get smaller. I suppose our lives grow bigger around it. Okay. So you often see there's a, there's a model that will be used in training a lot with therapists that you have three tennis balls in three jars. The tennis ball represents the grief. It does not get smaller, but the jars get bigger each stage. So you remember the person with a smile before a tear eventually. There is always going to be that ache. It's like running and somebody saying, what's wrong? Ah. I'm all right, but I just broke my leg six years ago and it sometimes mm. gives me a reminder. And equally, you know, it's the price we pay for love. Mm. 
down. Which is which is always lovely. You know, Christmas morning now or Christmas Eve, whichever day I go to Mass, I'll wear a, a Crombie coat. It was my father's Crombie coat. Beautiful. And my father is dead 13 years. Yeah. And he bought it, I think, over 40 something years ago. I think maybe 50 years ago for £47. Pounds. Wow, that was big money then. It was big money <laughs> then. Now, the coat is gorgeous. Yeah. And when I put it on, I actually feel extra good. Yeah. Do you know? But you're, you're wrapped in his care. Yeah. How lovely. You know, and it's just to have some little reminder and to give to give yourself permission. What is it? What's the essence of the relationship I had with this person? It might be a look across the table. It might be a wink. It might be a phrase or a comment. Say that to yourself. Mm. Allow yourself. Go wherever you need to go and have some little ritual to honour the relationship you had. Mags, you're fantastic. We could keep you all day, every day. I think you should ha- do like a 24-hour marathon on, on KCLR. Going to set it burn up. burn people's eardrums. No, no. <laughs> listen, you're amazing. As I said to you time and time again, but when it's the end of the year and Christmas, I'll remind you when I'm in Duns or Super Value or whatever, people say to me about what they love when you're on the show, the calmness, the soothness of your voice, the kind of the, the quality of the message you know, the sincerity of the endeavour and the approach. People really love it and they, they do look forward to when you're on the show. You're so thank kind. you for and doing can that. Can I turn that around this morning and just say <laughs> that you are incredibly kind and your questioning and your kindness and your genuineness really, really comes through. And I hear that too. And thank you for the opportunity each time you have me on. Um, to be able to impart the messages I do through your kindness. So well, listen, thank you. Uh, thank you. But now, just uh, we are cl- closing. But I always think these, those particular messages, I always think are really worthy. Eighteen years later, having lost both parents doesn't get easier. You have to learn to live with it in your own personal way. Family disputes don't help. That's the the other layer of complication, isn't it? That can. Yeah, there's secondary losses and ruptures on top of, you know, so it's, it's kind of like that broken leg and then, you know, the twisted ankle and the twisted ankle. But just meet yourself where you're at. Be kind. And there's no right or wrong way to grieve. My husband died at the start of COVID. We could only have five at the funeral. It's a terrible feeling not having given him a proper funeral. We had no wake. Hmm. We send our good wishes yeah. to that texture this morning for sure. Can I quickly sure. say on that? Please. We can't undo or redo but we can revisit we can't fix but we can repair it might be something lovely to pick a date throughout this year to say whether it's your husband's birthday or an anniversary and invite people to the house and raise a glass in his memory and enjoy his favourite food how lovely that's a nice invitation to that texture uh, this morning um, Mags we leave it at that thank, thank you. you so much we're going to have um, some nice uh, musical um uh, reprieve after this before I do that I must let you know because I got a text during the week and if I didn't read it out I'd be shot so um, Billy Canning uh, from the iDrone players in Burris they're coming back uh, by very popular demand on Sunday the 17th in uh, Burris Town Hall with Bernard Farrell's many happy returns at 8pm that's the iDrone players in Burris 17th that's tomorrow night at 8pm and I believe the show was a resounding success and I have no doubt in the hands of the iDrone players that it wouldn't but be let's take a break and we're going to have um, Neve Sheehy join us after this the Saturday show on KCLR with Edward Hayden. With thanks to Lyrath Estate, gift a memory this Christmas with a Lyrath Estate gift feature. Visit lyrath.com. KCLR. 
busy time of year for sure. 0833069696 is our dinnersready.ie contact line. We've lovely text in here. It says, good morning, Edward. I'd like to wish you and your family a very happy Christmas. I enjoy the show every Saturday. And that's best wishes from Rita Casson in Carlo. And Rita is always so very kind to text us in every week and or every couple of weeks anyway and send good wishes and greetings and dedications to people. So we do appreciate that as well. Now let's head over to Ashling because Ashling is opening the Advent calendar, not to be confused with an Advent wreath. For O'Dwyer's Golf Store in Kilkenny and in Clonmel. So to win this, all you have to do is text the word GOLF followed by your name and address to 083-306-9696. You can enter this competition as many times as you like and our Shannon will announce the winner between 6 and 7 tonight. If you don't win tonight, don't worry because you could win on Christmas Eve. There's another 50 euro voucher from the O'Dwyer's Golf Store to be won together with a second set of all other prizes given away on this year's KCLR Advent Calendar. So all of the texts we receive will go into the draw for that bumper prize on Christmas Eve. All you have to do today is text the word GOLF followed by your name and address to 083-306-9696 and Shannon will announce the winner this evening between 6 and 7. And they're texting at great speed here, Ashling. They're very fast. There's golf coming in here, left, right and centre. Edward, if I could enter myself, I would. I have a golfer at home, so it would be a great present, but I can't enter. I think, who could who could we be? Do you yeah. want to be, yeah? Ashling Hayden. Yeah, Ashling Hayden, there you <laughs> there have you it. Go. There you have it. Uh, if Ashling Hayden wins the prize this evening... You know as, it was me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Ashling. And that's, of course, the KCLR Advent calendar. And we're having great fun with that right throughout the month. Now, delighted to be joined in studio by the lovely Neve Sheehy. And Neve is here to tell us about uh, the concert which is being presented by Marble City Hawks and it's a classic Christmas concert. Neve, good morning. Good morning, how are you? <laughs> Excuse me, I beg your pardon. <laughs> You'd never see Miriam O'Callaghan <laughs> sneezing, on, sneezing on the radio. But anyway, I'm not Miriam O'Callaghan. <laughs> a classic Christmas concert. Good morning, Neve. Good morning. <laughs> now listen, you're so talented. You're like beyond talented because I've watched some of your videos that just happened to filter into my uh, life <laughs> during COVID. You have uh, the most amazing voice ever. So people so are in for a real treat uh, with this concert. Yes. Um, yeah, really excited now to um, get going with it. Um, we're doing it as a fundraiser for the Marble City Hawks ladies basketball team. So they're our main group. So I play with them myself when I'm not on the lovely crutches. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like to say, what happened to Basketball. Oh my God. <laughs> how is that, that going to work out with the sequin frock on Friday I night? <laughs> I'll have people on my train the whole time. So yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> the sequin frock and the crutches don't go hand no, in hand. No, they do not. Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, we decided to go ahead with it this year um, as a fundraiser for them because it is not often that our lovely women's teams get uh, the appreciation that they deserve and get the sponsorship that they deserve so sure. I said being a part of the team myself it's a good bit of you know exposure and it's great to give back to the, the girls and the management that have been there um, and then we also decided that we wanted to bring in a charity on board so we're bringing in the Kushnor charity which is a fantastic charity in Kilkenny um, for the cancer um 
Cushnor Cancer Support Centre. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, my brain. Um, so we actually are going to be joined by the Cushnor Choir on the night as well, which is fantastic. So we're really, really excited to have those on board. And um, they are fabulous. And of course, Cushnor are doing this gift of care this year yes. uh, as they get ready to move to the new venue. Yeah. Now, yourself, of course, Eilish Fox, Hugo O'Donnell and Lauren uh, McCann are going to be joining uh, the proceedings of the evening as well. Tell us what we can expect, Neve. So it's great. So I'm literally, I'm pulling singers from far and wide. So um, Lauren is coming from down and Eilish is coming from Armagh and Hugo's coming from Dublin. So they're a fantastic bunch of sopranos and Hugo's a tenor. Um, so they're just exceptional singers. And then they're going to be backed by even more incredible musicians. So we have um, James Rice, who's going to be on the piano and keyboard. We have Billy Carrigan, who's just unbelievably talented on the Illum Pipe and the whistle and then his daughter Quiva is also going to be playing the fiddle and we have um, uh, Chloe and Eva Phelan as well so they'll be on the violin and the cello and then we also have Anya McGrath Jesus you must have the the whole whole National (laughs) Symphony Orchestra coming down at this stage (laughs) exactly sure we want to give the people at Kilkenny a good experience you know oh well I have no Um, doubt but they they will Uh, tickets where can people get tickets Neve? so they can get tickets on Yulefest uh, Kilkenny Um, so you just click into the website and go to the um, arts section and we're down there under the MC Hawks Classic Christmas Concert and of course it's such a gorgeous venue as well isn't it cathedral yeah it's fabulous oh the sound in there and then the decorations for christmas it's just so magical um and i'm very very lucky to get to sing there so acoustically it's very favorable isn't it yeah absolutely stunning yeah it's gonna be great so we'll be lifting the roof off the place i have no (laughs) doubt i have no doubt and uh tickets are only 20 euro and again of course supporting uh this great cause both marvel city hawks basketball club and uh kushnor cancer support center and uh great talent on the night. Uh, Neve, we, we kind of were half uh, half uh, trying to coax, add a bit of coaxiorum <laughs> for you to sing a little song. How are you feeling? I know singers are not always great in the morning, but how are you feeling about a little song for yeah, us? Yeah, no bother. I, was saying I could sing the first Noel for you. Oh my that God. Would we would absolutely <laughs> love the first Noel. So ladies and gentlemen, um, just to let you know, the Marble City Hawks, this is the classic Christmas concert, uh, Friday the 22nd of December in St Mary's Cathedral, Kilkenny, and doors open at 7pm for an 8pm performance with a, a host of performers on the night led by, of course, the very lovely Neve Sheehy, who joins me in studio, who's now going to give us the first Noel as a little musical treat. Thank you, you, Neve. Thank you so much. The first Noel the angels did say was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep no
beyond them far and to the earth it gave great light and so it continued both day and night no I feel like this Hollywood agent here. I'm getting like this private show. Never mind all of the listeners. Oh, Neve, you're just so amazing. As I said, uh, people can check you out on social media, which is where I first encountered you, even though you're only a spit from my house. Um, tell me the social media accounts. Uh, so it's Neve Sheehy Soprano on Facebook and on Instagram. And listen, they're absolutely fantastic. My neighbour across the road was sharing the man, the lovely Anne. Yes. And that's where I first encountered your most beautiful voice. Thank and you so you're much. so talented. And it's such a treat for all of our listeners to have the first Noel this morning <laughs> and the concert. Thank you so much, Neve. So much. We'll Thank leave you very it much for at that. Me. It's been great. A pleasure. That's Neve Sheehy Soprano heading to the St. Mary's Cathedral on the 22nd, Friday the 22nd, with the classic Christmas concert book. Now is my advice. Let's take a Carlo Kilkenny KCLR Yes KCLR indeed you're very welcome back and that takes us almost to the end of this morning's show Uh, before we get to the end of this morning's show I must let you know another little message now here uh, also taking place on the 22nd of uh, December Dushk Abbey Choir are having their Christmas carol service in Dushk Abbey Uh, that's at 7pm and all are welcome and donations on the evening to the Kevin Bell Repatriation Trust uh, on that evening as well. So uh, that's next Friday night at 7pm as well. Now, um, we had a great show this morning. Bridget has been on to say a beautiful voice um, from Neve, and that's fantastic. Absolutely super she is. Uh, Michael Conroy wishing us a happy Christmas and lots more sending lovely good messages uh, to us this morning. Thank you to my wonderful producer, Ashling MacDonald. Um, Ashling is taking her festive leave from me today. Uh, she's heading onwards. The lovely Angela Doyle Stewart now. Uh, I think this morning is a message that, Angela, we are the COVID message. We're in it together. Is that it? We're in it together. Eddie Hughes is up next. He's going to give you the Saturday brunch. He's coming in here like uh, the, 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 man, the man of the moment. Absolutely. He's, he's going to give you all his best hits now for the next couple of hours. So if you didn't have enough lies in the last two hours, you'll get plenty more in the next two. I'll be back with you next week. We have our very special edition of the Saturday Show Christmas special next week. So uh, brace yourself. Have everything ready to be available. Sit down with me for two hours next Saturday. Saturday morning. Uh, I'm heading panto-wise tonight. I'm heading up to see Striking Productions uh, doing Jack and the Beanstalk in the George Bernard Shaw Theatre. So looking forward to seeing all of the crew up there. I'll be back with you if the Lord spares me next week. Until then, God bless.